Welcome to Thanks It's the Trauma. I'm Dr. Alyssa, and this is a podcast with my friends, Nikki and Heidi. We're connected by a unique and unusual experience, and we talk about it and other traumas with honesty, booze, and cuss words. Season two, episode one, you asked, we answered. Hey guys, we're back. (laughs) I'm so excited to hang out with you tonight. Yeah. Season two. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Let's kick it off. We have a whole bunch of questions to get through from our like massive following. (laughs) I'm really excited. (laughs) It's like cult status. Soon. After Mm -hmm. these questions, I'm sure. Okay. You ready for question one? Yeah. Okay. I guess we can all kind of answer this one. It sounds like many of your marriages started pre-digital dating. What has it been like to start this new journey of singleness in the digital world? What an awesome question. Who wants to go first? That was an awesome question because, Lord, we have answers. So thoughtful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, I did do like eHarmony before I... That's so Christian of you. Husband. Well, there was very few. I also did match. I went to a match mixer, match.com mixer back in the day. It was very early online dating, but it is very different now for sure. And like, I feel like you go on a lot more dates now than back then. Like it's, there's so many more people to choose from. What apps are you using? I have used... Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble at different times. Nikki, you want to... Because you definitely did not online date. No, I never online dated. I never even... Even when AOL like chat rooms came out, I was already, you know, dating my ex. So there was no need for that. Yeah, the digital world is a very interesting place and it takes a lot of getting used to. And I have also tried, I tried Tinder, I've tried Bumble, I've tried Hinge, I've tried Match, I've tried Coffee Meat Bagel, I've tried, what's that other one? Zeus. I've tried them all and they're all slightly frightening. Except I stuck with Hinge and Bumble, I think are the least frightening of most of them. And I like Bumble just a little bit better because the female has a little more control in how it goes. Yeah. Dating itself is difficult and interesting. I was just telling Alyssa today that like dating as an adult versus dating when I was in my 20s is very different. And it's hard to to cross over and realize that no, it's not going to be like in your teens and 20s where you're like spending every single second together because you have nothing else to do but be together and you don't have kids or responsibilities. You just got to go to a job and come home and see your person. And in your 40s or 30s or, you know, when you've got kids, I mean, you like you literally have to plan to go on a date on a specific day the same time every week, <laughs> you know, if it's continuous or you've got to work them into an odd weekday evening or a weird weekend hour and that is your date. And that's when you fit them in and you don't see each other every waking hour. So yeah, it's been interesting to have to figure that out Mm -hmm. and understand that that's normal now. Yeah. All right, Heidi. Heidi. Well, I'm just now dipping my little toes into the (laughs) online dating world. And I, so I haven't been on any dates, but I've got, you know, all these different conversations going on. Now I did online date with match.com beforehand. And so Justin was actually on match.com in Hawaii and I was on match.com in North Carolina. And so clearly we didn't, we didn't match, but I did a lot of online dating and so I feel like maybe that's why I waited two years to do this online dating thing again, because I just know how exhausting it was. I would say that the biggest like challenge or change that I've seen in online dating is that there's just not a lot of information and like maybe three or four photos and maybe like three or four statements little blips. Yeah. So it just feels very, very superficial. 
So to be dating as an adult, like Nikki just said, where I really give less than two fucks what anyone cares about, like my outfit or my makeup. I mean, I'm like, we can go to one pizza. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's so much trauma and so much depth and like there's kids and complication. And it's like, I'm just having a really hard time like scrolling through four pictures and like three statements and figuring out, you know, hmm, I wonder if he would be a great fit for my family. I mean, it just seems like you just are going to have to massively go on like coffee dates and meet up and go have a lot of dates because there just isn't a lot of information. Another thing that's super stressing me out is Bumble is they have this like 24 hour clause and like I'm on call for my work. And so this last week I was at the hospital for four days in a row. And so I would like try to swipe whatever direction it is, like swipe right or whatever. And then it was like, match, you have 24 hours to communicate. And then they were like, she's ready to push. And I was like, shit, I don't have 20, I can't. And then by the time I like, you know, got home from work and the baby was born and then I slept, I missed the 24 hours like over and over and over again. And I was like, what do you do about that? So you can pay to not do that, but. Oh, I didn't know that was an option. Are you? Mm-hmm. Maybe Bumble could sponsor this episode and give there me, you know, I need a greater window you than 24. Yes. Yeah. I need a greater window than 24 hours. So anyway, also, that's it. I just haven't been on any dates yet. I just. I think when dating in apps, you're also, you've got to decide what, what your goal is. Is your goal trying to fit some perfect person into your family or is your goal to just date and find out what you like about dating and what you like about people and what you like about you dating people. You know, I think you have to, if you're just swiping because you're looking for your soul life partner, then yeah, it's going to be real difficult. And there's like one in a million swipes. And if you're going into it as, okay, this guy's kind of cute, kind of interesting questions. Let's go on a date and see if we hit it off. Then you go do that. And then you chalk it up to experience if it doesn't go so good, or at least a real funny story for your podcast. That's true. This is true. true. Yeah. I think when we all start, we're we're out there going, yeah, we're going to find our person in a dating app. Oh, that's right? not First what try. my profile says, Nikki. Though, <laughs> I no, my profile says. says I am not looking to be in a relationship. I am looking for someone to help my body feel alive again. That's what it says. I don't know if that's super sad oh, Heidi. or what, but there's like, Heidi, there's so many. We got to edit your, we got to edit no, your, there's your, your the one sentence. Profile. There are thousands. There is so many, there are so many men. No, there's too many already that, and right. I'm very yes. clear about it. I am looking for something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. May next not be question. a soul partner. Yes. You next question. Reeling in some un. Some bad great ones, though. Yeah. That would Some be bad concern. hombres. All right. Next question. <laughs> okay. In what ways are you most grateful for how you took care of yourself through your trauma? That's a good question. Heidi, you go first. In which ways am I the most grateful? I would probably say the ritual that I started on day one, and that still continues today. So... When I was in the black hole and I was completely just, I felt like I was dead. And I started this practice that was like perspective and gratitude. And it sounds slightly morbid, but I started listening to this other podcast called Terrible Things for Asking. And It just made me feel better to hear about people who are hurting worse than I was. And specifically, I know this sounds terrible, but like I would, the worst thing I would think that could happen to me in my life would be the death of a child. And so like I probably became hyper obsessed with like Instagram accounts where like hashtag still birthday and when I talked to people who had like lost their spouses or had really horrible traumatic stories 
I was gaining perspective, right? We, I think we've talked in previous episodes, like I was trauma naive. And so it was really helpful for me to gain perspective on this isn't the worst thing that could happen to you in your whole life. And so every night before bed, I would take that perspective of how lucky I was for the life that I do have. And then I would just start asking or thanking God for all of the things that I do have. And I would start going in my head, like at least 10 things that were amazing and positive about my life so that I would focus less on the trauma I was going through. And that practice continues today. And what's really interesting is I just read Jay Shetty's new book, Think Like a Monk. And this is like one of the practices that he talks about in his book. And I was like, how forward thinking of me. I didn't even know about it. it. Yes, but it's been kind of easy to adapt some of the principles in Jay Shetty's book. Nice. That is what I'm most grateful for. Alyssa? I would say that I am... I am really glad that I reached out to my community the way that I did. I didn't fall into the black hole by myself. I would keep like reaching out and letting somebody know, you know, when I was having a really hard day, whether that was calling Nikki and crying or calling you, Heidi and crying or, you know, reaching out to some of my other friends and asking for help when I moved into my new house, like asking friends to come to Target and help me get all the new shit for the new house and four or five friends coming and filling up four cartfuls of things for the new house and standing in the sheet aisle, seeing the yellow and gray sheets. And that those were my wedding colors. And then I started crying and being like, I mean, I really like this color of yellow. <laughs> it makes me think of James. And, you know, my friend's just standing there and holding me and, and putting back the yellow and gray sheets and going, we're going to get some other ones. and <laughs> It's going to be okay. And we're going to keep going. And it was like, it was amazing. You know, I'm so grateful for my people, including you guys. And I'm, I'm grateful you know, to myself that I reached out when I needed help and I still reach out when I need help. Nikki, how about you? Oh, gosh. Let's think. Well, of course, I'm grateful for all the people who didn't judge my situation and loved me through all of that anyways. And I am grateful in that despite becoming a hard shelled person through that and putting up every single cement wall around me to protect myself that I am slowly somehow being able to take those down one at a time, as scary as it is taking care of myself by finally admitting that I need to go to therapy and handle some things And not being ashamed of that because I was for a long time. And that's just kind of the nature of my family was you just, you don't talk about that and you just handle your shit. And I am proud of myself for finally going back to school because I wanted to do it for so long. And I was always too scared or put my family or kids or ex-husband or husband at the time's needs and just didn't want to be a burden by not being completely mom available or wife available because I'd be studying and I didn't want to sacrifice one or the other. So I didn't ever do it. And now I can do it and I'm standing on my own two feet and I'm doing it. So I feel like I'm just doing all these things that I didn't ever do for myself before. And I don't feel selfish. So it's, it's good. Yeah. It's I think it's such a good example, Nikki, too. Like here we are in your late 40s, mid 40s. And and doing it. It's never too late. Anybody listening, no matter what your traumas are, it's never too late to change your life. Just think Mm -hmm. what you're doing. I thought it was too late. And Alyssa sent me some, I can't remember what the graphic said, but it was basically saying, it's never too late. Just go do it. You know, she really helped believe in me in that and told me to just go do it. So I did it. 
super proud of you. Otherwise I would have been like, just still thinking about it and maybe I'll do it someday and talking myself out of it. So another news right now, does your shirt say divorced as fuck? Divorced (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It is amazing. I wore this for, okay. So one of my good friends got married and I got divorced all in the same 30 days. So we had our bachelorette parties together. Oh, wow. My shirt said divorced as fuck. And hers says I do. And we went out with all, all our, you know, mutual friends together in Nashville. And this is, we had a bachelorette party. I love it. That it's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> I hope to embrace the word divorced someday. <laughs> um, speaking, going it. back to online dating, I am, la- I labeled myself as a widow. That also oh. helps with getting laid. <laughs> that's, so, that's true. I am and a like widow the, who the, wants her the, body to feel alive. The like one time that I saw on a man's profile that it said widow or like widower. I was like, mm. like, 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 I don't Delicious. know. There's something about. Really? Yeah. There's no yeah. competition? What? what is no, the deal? it's just like, oh, it's not because he like screwed up sensitive? big time. Right. Or, you know, it's not like his his marriage ended because, I mean, hopefully not. He didn't do anything. Unless he murdered her, then it's right. good. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also that. like a survivor. I think yeah. that that's yes. what's like yeah. appealing is like you've been through something sure. really difficult and you've yeah. survived it. Now, I don't feel inauthentic saying that because I think we've talked about mm-hmm. this before. Like I do identify as a widow that very much hurts Kaylee's feelings. But when you change your gender on your birth certificate and your name legally, my husband died. So, yeah. 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 Next question. Has anyone famous contacted you about the podcast? That's a hard no. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Jeff Goins is super famous. Oh, right. Jeff. Yeah. Right. Jeffy. Yeah. Well, I guess we're not friends. He's one of my friends. So (laughs) nobody that didn't know us. I mean, we've got some Instagram famous people who may or may not end up on the show. Right. But they didn't contact us. We contacted them. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's just happened to find us yet. No Kardashians have called us. That's that's not true. Kim and I are like besties. (laughs) (laughs) She answers my DMs all the time. (laughs) I'm like, you know that thing? Because, you know, Kim Kardashian, I was actually listening to her Jay Letter, right? Isn't that his name? Jay Letterman? What's Letterman's first name? No, that's totally John. wrong. David. David Letterman. I was like, Jay Leno and David Letterman became Jay Letterman. Became Jay Letterman. You know, his new beard is throwing me off. But anyway, David Letterman, she was just on David Letterman's like new show or whatever. I did not know this. Kim Kardashian at 26 years old, her mom was out of town and walked into the garage and found her stepdad fully dressed as a woman from head to toe because she was living with them at the time. Why do I think I know that? I just didn't know that that was part of her story. And I was thinking, girl... We could really connect here. Like, I, yeah. so yeah, the, an- the short to in- answer to this is no, but I really feel like it would be wonderful to talk to one of the Kardashians. I'll be absent so we're, that day. We're open, for, <laughs> we're open for celebrities to contact us is basically what we're saying. Yeah. All right. Next up on the list. Did we really not notice anything prior to this? In our relationships, did we really not have any clues that this was, that this was a possibility? Oh, can we add on to that question too? Sure. Because I think what a good question is, did we really not know? And now looking back, is there anything that makes, is there anything now that makes sense to us? Mm -hmm. Okay. Alyssa, go first. I really, 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 really did not know. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. Never, ever, ever, ever would have guessed that my husband would come out as a transgender woman. Definitely would not. Now, looking back, are there things that I could say like, okay, 
I mean, that was a little weird or that that might have been a little bit of a hint or I mean, but it, it even those things are so minor that on their own, they, even together, they never would have been enough of information to be able to say like, oh, clearly I never walked in on my husband wearing my clothes or anything like that. So even if I had, I still would have never known. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to give an example? I mean, James really liked boobs and was and had said at one point, like, I just, if I had boobs, I would just play with them all day long. <laughs> but I'm like, like stuff like that, where I'm like, that's just a dumbass dude thing to say, you know, like thinking that all we're going to do is want to play with our boobs all day long. Pretty you know? much no. But again, in uh, now having the information I have, it's like, like, oh, you were thinking about having breasts like that's interesting yeah on its own just was a dumb dude thing to say yeah yeah nikki no did you know i mean no 23 years and no never no no and it, and not i mean until the last i don't know how long recent i mean within the last 10 years did i even really understand what transgender was so definitely not on my radar ever yeah, I think there's a common theme here. We wouldn't have, as cisgender heterosexual females, I don't think we would have gotten married if we felt like this was a possibility. No, never in my marriage. Not, not a once. I will say though, same as anything. Now looking back, I mean, there were these tiny, teensy, tiny things. And I'm like, now I'm like, oh, maybe that was because She's a transgender woman, but they were so small. I mean, the number one thing that comes to mind is like my husband, Justin, was super, super hot, super hot, like looked like Bradley Cooper, like blonde hair, blue eyes, mm -hmm. six foot, huge, navy, tan, California. I mean, like, girls, are you swooning yet? I mean, he was gorgeous and he didn't believe that about himself. And so that was a hard part of our marriage is I would be like, woo, babe, you looking sexy today. And then like that would make him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like if I gave him positive attention about the way he looked or like what he looked like in this like hot ass outfit or in his bathing suit at the beach, instead of like owning it, he really shied away from, from, from like just how gorgeous he was. And it never made sense to me. I'm like, why aren't you like some douchebag that's like, yeah, I'm super hot with a hot body. But now that makes sense. Like if somebody has body, it would it be gender dysphoria? Yeah. Yeah. So if someone has gender dysphoria, that now all makes sense to me. But these little tiny things, I mean, you would never in a million years be like, oh, it's because you're transgender. Right. You know? So, yeah. No, didn't know. I, I would just like to note that this is the first time on the podcast that you have used the name Justin and that you can, are you, you can say that now. Oh yeah, I can, you can say that. Yes. Okay. That's yeah, true. Because Kaylee is out fully out. You can now say that your husband's name was Justin. Yeah. We'll have to yeah, talk right. about that on an episode. Yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. As we record this, we're coming off the tail end of my husband, Justin, coming out to the world as Kaylee. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yay. Mm, yeah. Don't have to edit it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's piggyback on that one because this is a long question. With hindsight, are there suggestions you might offer on how your spouse might have better handled being transgender with you? Of course, knowing earlier or not transitioning would have been helpful, but are there ways they could have eased the burden on you? I'd welcome hearing from the wives' perspective what would have made this somewhat easier from you. And mm -hmm. I, I just want to preface this that this is coming from a this is coming from a transgender woman who is still presenting as male. Wow. Oh yeah, I remember getting that email. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Such a good. It's such a good, good question and such a caring question, clearly from, from this person who wants to be able to 
I don't know, probably be the best support that they can to her wife, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think for me, if I hadn't have been told at my nephew's 16th birthday party, that might have been nice. <laughs> that was not a good location to discover this type of information. So where so, would you suggest James yeah. had spoken to you? I think that probably if he at the time had been able to say, hey, we need to talk. Something's happening with me and it's really important. Like, can we sit down maybe in our room and and talk because, you know, like no distractions. This is something really important to me. That probably would have made a difference. It still would have rocked my world, but it meant in the moment I couldn't let out all that I was feeling. So having to have this traumatic shocking situation happen and then having to shut down all the emotions in the moment was not the best. Heidi? I was appreciative of the fact that... How about that? I'm going to tell you a couple things that I appreciated. I actually appreciated that Justin had told my sister first so that I had someone to talk to immediately afterward. Now, if you ask my sister how that went, that was very difficult for my sister because I think it was like a week in advance. Oh, God. And my sister had to like hold on to it. So that was probably really, really difficult. But I had someone immediately to talk to that had had time to process. So she had had that whole week to like think, process, articulate how she was going to support me. So I appreciated that I had someone armed and ready to love on me and embrace me. I loved that she gave me a letter so that I could go back and read it over and over and over again and process. We were in private. It was in my bedroom. What was difficult is like we had little kids, you know, two and three years old. I just wish they had like maybe get a babysitter, you know? So like, I like when I have to go downstairs and like mom hard now and make dinner. I mean, so that was kind of weird. What I would say really, really, really hurt me and I'm in therapy for it is that She had identified about six weeks earlier that she was a transgender woman. And during that time period, had sex. We had sex. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was, like to this day, two years later, that's still really, really difficult for me. That I thought I was having sex with my husband, Justin, but she had already accepted that she was a trans woman, Kaylee. And so I really wish that wouldn't have happened. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nikki, what about you? You know, I can wish a lot of things, but it happened the way it was just going to happen. So I, I don't know that it would, anything would ever make it easier. There's no softening the blow of this because it's just what it is. There's no easing into, I'm going to, transition into a female? How do you ease somebody into that? And I, and I think mine did somewhat come gradual. There were some conversations about gender dysphoria and even before that, some other conversations, but all within the same time frame. And then eventually ending with, I'm going to transition or I am a transgender woman. And I mean, how much slower can it go than the two years that it took for us to finally get divorced? There was no softening any of it. It was just trauma. Trauma happens. And for me, it was trauma. And trauma is not slow. Most of the time, it's impact fast. And that's what it was. So I don't know that there was anything different. Just for me, it was for me and my personality, let's just get it over with. But then we dragged it out two more years. So, you know, yeah. I was going to say, oh, it can go longer. We're in year Definitely. three. We just yeah. entered year <laughs> into the third year. Right. right. <laughs> Still married. Mm. Yeah. All right. Divorce is fuck. I'm sorry. Every time Nikki <laughs> leans back, all I see is divorce is fuck. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes. Okay. Okay. Anyway, let's do a funny one. question. Someone wants to know if I have a drinking problem. <laughs> and how am I doing? <laughs> Listen, I talk a big game. (laughs) 
it's not like I sit here every day and do shots of tequila when I get home from work because I still got to function. <laughs> it was there, touch and go there for a, a hot <laughs> I was going to say, there were definitely times when I was like, I just want to go home and drink. But they, you know, it's called binge drinking for a reason. <laughs> just like you all binged our episodes. I binge drink tequila. And then I'm okay. <laughs> now I'm in school. So I got to stay sober most of the time. Alyssa and, and I can attest that Nikki is not an alcoholic. <laughs> she just drinks <laughs> with us and alone for fun. Right. <laughs> alone is not usually fun. I'm just with kidding. You, definitely I'm fun. just kidding. Yeah. 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 No. Nikki does not have a drinking problem. She just likes to pretend she does. I love that question though. <laughs> That's a great question. That was funny. Well, now that you know almost everything about us, let's hang out on social. On Insta, you can find us on Thanks It's the Trauma podcast everywhere else, including our website, just Thanks It's the Trauma. And if you have any questions or want to email us, we would love to get back to you. Thanks It's the Trauma podcast at gmail.com. Alyssa. What is working with your ex daily? How is that? So we've done that, I mean, for more than a year now, more than a year since Jamie came out. And overall, it has been fine. It has been uneventful. Bullshit. I'm sorry. Until <laughs> recently. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were just going to like, I thought you were going to end there, Alyssa. I'm sorry. I was like, we are Jesus not putting Christ, this question Heidi. in. Long pause. Okay, no. sorry. I thought you were ending and moving on and no. I was like, no. Yeah. Okay. It has been generally uneventful. It has been fine until... Jamie's girlfriend started working in our office together with us. And that was a line for me. And so I am now moving offices, not out of anger or spite or whatever. It's like, okay, that was clearly whatever. That was the right step for them, you know, and this is the right step for me. So this is news to me. We were texting a little bit about that. And essentially, Nikki and I are like, get the fuck out of there. Bye. Time to get a new office. I don't know. And then some time passed. So so you decided to get a new new office. I signed a lease yesterday. And my moving day is in two weeks. Whoa. I'm so proud of you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. It's a big, it is a big change. And there's... You know, at first it was like, oh, there's no feelings about this. Like, let's just do this. Okay, this is clearly the right time. And then I don't know, it was just like, oh, this is like another, it's just another ending. It's just, and you just, I just keep finding, I don't know about you guys, I'm not going to speak for all of us, but I just keep finding more endings, more mm-hmm. new experiences, more losses in this, where it's like, you know, I'm a I'm a year and some months after, you know, the original bomb. And still there's moments that are like, oh, this, this part's new and this hurts, it turns out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's weird to go from counting like anniversaries and, you know, mm-hmm. memories. And when we did this to, to counting closed doors. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. And it is very strange. Mm-hmm. Now... Have we told the audience that Jamie has a girlfriend? We have not. This is a new development since we ended Mm -hmm. first season. Well, we can't share their story, but we could just leave it simmering at that. So, no, Delana was the first of us to move on. Delana's remarried. Mm -hmm. And now Jamie is dating. Right. And I have no idea what's going on in Kaylee's personal life because I don't ask. Yeah. Um, don't want to know. Yeah. yeah. Don't want to know. Interesting. Hug. Big hugs right there. I think it's going to be hugs. really fun for you to have your own office and your own space and a new beginning and just freedom and separation in a whole new way. Thank you. I think it will be. I think it will be good. Yeah. May I ask, how does Jamie feel about you moving out? 
I don't really know. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if she had emoted. No emoting. Okay. All right, Nikki, what you got for us? Has your experience with ex-husbands made you leery of trying marriage again? Well, fuck yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Divorced as fuck. <laughs> and your legal status will probably never change. No. I uh, wish we could have no for me. I now wish we could have screenshotted all three of our faces <laughs> when that question came in. <laughs> wow. <sighs> yeah, I have no interest, at least at this point. I mean, who knows? There's a lot of life left to live, but I have no interest at this point in ever being legally married ever again. What she said. And same. <laughs> I intend on being super rich and <laughs> being financially... From, from this podcast. From this podcast. Famous and rich. Sponsors. I'm just kidding. No, but really never. I just... No. I mean, what a financial nightmare. Shit show. Yeah. Like, I, I will go so far as to say I can't imagine sharing <laughs> a residence or a bed with mm. another man ever again. Like, we can hang out. We can go on dates. We can have sex. We can travel. But, like, that's your house. This is my house. Like, those are your kids. These are my kids. Like, mm. I don't want to ever be a stepmom. I don't, there's no like stepdad in it up in this place. Now I'm only two years out. So like maybe in seven years, ask me again. But right now. Mm. Don't you ever think though, like you have boys. Mm -hmm. I have a boy. And the man figure has is no longer a man in our children's lives. The dad, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, like mine is still called dad. But like, I do think about... I would like for my child to have a a man role in his life as a boy. Do you ever think about that? I, you know, yep. comes to mind, but I also believe in sports and I believe in coaches and I believe in uncles and I believe in friends. And, you know, my boys have a lot grandparent grandfathers. So my boys have a lot of like really strong, like my brothers are like up in it, like my sister's husband, like up in it. And so I just feel like they have like a lot of really positive male influences. They have like right now, Max's art teacher, he adores. I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of really, there's men everywhere to mentor them. We don't have that right now. Jameson does not have that at this time, but I hope that at some point that that's true. Yeah, I have, I'm one of five children. So there's, yeah. So yeah, just different. I mean, I just feel like that figure can come in lots of different packages. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. And Nikki, with your boys, I mean, Delana really stayed in a, a fatherly figure most of their lives, correct? Most of their lives, but then, you know, the teen years... I mean, still present, but the male figure like you're speaking of wasn't there. So I rely on a very good family friend who does take them under their wing. One is he's taught my oldest how to drive and my sister's husband taught him how to shave and they live in Oregon. We were just there visiting one summer and I'm like, could he teach Noah how to shave and my sister asked and he was like, oh yeah. And he's a father of two sons as well. So totally easy piece of cake for him. Taught them some, you know, like random yard things like how to mow and, you know, ride a mower and do, you know, guy things like that. And I'm not the most girly girl. So there's that. <laughs> like you say, they're, they're going to come in different shapes and sizes. And I think even growing up with both parents, heterosexual or whatnot, you find role models that are not your parents that mean sure. something, whether it's a teacher or a coach or, you know, just someone that you worked with that is older and you looked up to. So I imagine along the way, they'll find those things. And I, I don't, I did worry about it for a long time, though. That wasn't like, I'm going to get married so they can have a father. That's never been yeah. for me. But, you know, I started to worry 
that they were going to miss out on some things. But now it's like, you know what, they're doing, they're doing fine. And they're going to find their role model, whether they have a male dad figure or not. Mm -hmm. So I have a follow-up question, Nikki. Mm -hmm. You're dating someone pretty seriously. Have you had the conversation with said person that you're not interested in them being a stepfather? We both have. We both want that. We don't, neither one of us want to get married again. So that was a plus. <laughs> I'm going to need is some. It, oh, go ahead, Alyssa. Is it, is it that you guys have no interest in like kind of what Heidi's talking about, like no interest in joining homes or things like, like staying at the level that it's at until the kids are grown? I don't know. Or is that a conversation you've had yet? Yeah. We haven't had that conversation yet. We just know that neither one of us really want to get married again. Cohabitating, not sure yet. I mean, it's still very early. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. So you would be open though to cohabitating? I don't know. Okay. These are great. See everybody listening? if, (laughs) If we were, maybe if we, neither of us had any, you know, all our kids were grown maybe that would be easier. Like I can't imagine trying to blend all these teenagers together who are all boys. (laughs) That would be a nightmare (laughs) or opposite, you know, like mine are always around. So when do you get a break from that? So no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you don't have to works. You have independent lives and you're adults. So you kind of have to have an independent life and maybe someday when we retire to a, Fancy island. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's early. We could, he could hate me next week. So you never know. He will not hate you (laughs) ever. These are good questions though, you guys. Yeah. For the sake of time, why don't we answer some of them for the audience one-offs? But if it's like really, really good, then we'll all answer. But okay. Alyssa, has this podcast impacted your practice at all? Or does it scare you that it might? It has not impacted my practice at all. It does concern me. I, you know, I do feel like I have to be cautious and aware that absolutely as I speak and as some people are listening, my, some of my clients are listening, potential future clients. And so I want to be, I want to be open and honest because I think I, well, I really value authenticity I don't think that a therapist has to be a blank slate the way that we used to think about therapists. So I think it's okay that I have a story and I have a personality. But, you know, I also want to be cautious and, you know, not sharing things that feel too private that would, you know, cross a line. So I'm always aware that there's some line somewhere that I need to figure out where that is. So, yeah. Heidi, this can be a good one for you. This audience member is curious about how the kids refer to their dads now and how that transitions. Pronouns are important. Are they still dad? Is that awkward or confusing? Oh, I'm so excited to take this one on. Ooh, for those that listened to, you know, binge listened, I had a really difficult time with this. I was like, I'm the mom. Like, you're the dad. These kids were made with, like, your sperm. Like, I was angry because Kaylee kept bringing up to me that she, you know, had a desire to not be called dad, father, anything like that. So we had changed pronouns when we changed names. So when we introduced that, you know, daddy had a new name, Kaylee, that the proper pronouns were she and her. I think all of us were honestly really struggling with like dad, she, her. Like it was just very difficult. I was angry. I had talked to my therapist. What I was told was what my children call their parent is none of my business, which is ouch, ouch, but it's true, (laughs) you know? And I had to work through that and I had to process it. And it really came to light for me one night when we were at dinner. It was actually one of the first times that Kaylee was dressing as a woman in public. And in order to like ease that for her, I had offered to take her out to dinner with the boys so that we could all be a support system for her presenting female out in the world, you know, with makeup and hair and outfit and jewelry and all of it. 
So we picked her up. She looked gorgeous. Very difficult for me to say that still because it's just, it's a little weirdish, you know, for me. But we go to dinner and it was very, very uncomfortable for me to have our children saying, dad, daddy, you know, they're so loud because they're five and six and they're running around and they're like, daddy, to this woman with long blonde hair and breasts and and I was like, oh, okay, she might have a point here, you know? Like, I was like, the first time that I was like, it was drawing attention to us that I didn't mm-hmm. want, you know? Whole nother thing we'll talk about is like, I'm experiencing dysphoria now in a whole new way because I feel like I'm being perceived now in public as like someone who's not cisgender heterosexual when I'm with my transgender spouse and our children, ex-spouse and children. So anyway, so we go on vacation together because we're still very much a, a, a tight, close family unit. And on vacation, we're driving around and Kaylee says to the boys, you know, something about like, it, it really, or maybe she says it to me, it really hurts my feelings when they say dad, because it brings back my dysphoria And it makes me feel terrible about myself. So I'm now in the car bawling because this is the person that I love. And they're telling me that this term dad hurts them. And I can't understand that in any way because it's a term of endearment. And I'm just getting angry. And I, you know, I'm like, I just don't know what to do here. And she has to get out of the car because she was going to the doctor, the urgent care for like an eye infection at the beach. So she gets out. And like, you know, our kids over here, like we're idiots because they're listening, you know? And then like Max is like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, I was like, dad really is getting her feelings hurt because she feels like a girl and she is a girl and her name's Kaylee. And so when we say dad, like society, that tends to be a masculine or a male term Like when we think of dads, we think of men or we think of boys. Like when you think of dads, do you think of that? And they were like, yeah. And I just found myself saying, is there something else you would like to call Kaylee instead of dad that would make her feel happy? And the first thing they said was, well, yeah, mom. And I was like, uh, that's taken. No, (laughs) correct. I was like, actually nothing with the word, the letter M also. And I don't know. So my oldest, Max, he just was, you know, so cute little six-year-old. And he says, well, what, her name's Kaylee. What about KK? And I was like, I think that's really cute. Is that what you want to call your parent? And he's like, yeah. And then my other one, Jagger, is like, yeah. And before you know it, they're like, KK, when are we going to pick up KK? And I'm like, she's going to be really excited. So KK, we pick KK back up and we let KK know that they have chosen her name for her, her parental name. So her parental name is KK. Immediately, never again have we had a problem like with pronouns. Like KK was instantly associated with a female, with she, her. And I'm not embarrassed when we're in public and my children say KK, I'm not. Yeah. So anyway, so that's a very long answer to that. But I I came full circle. Like I was really against it. And then now I'm super for it. Seeing the positive impact it's made in my children using a name that is feminine, feminine parenting term for their female parent. Okay, Nikki, this next question is for you from an audience member. Nikki, how hard is it for you to edit yourself? While recording. (laughs) While recording. It's hard for me to edit myself on a daily, hourly basis when talking. So imagine that times 10 on a podcast with a microphone recording. (laughs) Bad. (laughs) Just there. (laughs) These two have to delete a lot of things. (laughs) One that I say wrong. Two, I have to say several times (laughs) to get it right. (laughs) And three, stop being offensive. (laughs) Am I right? 
<laughs> You're a little bit right. You are so right. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Editing is difficult. I would say Alyssa has to be edited the least. I have to be edited for talking way too much. Like 90% of my words get cut out. And then Nikki has to get edited for political correctness. This is very In true. Life, all day long, too. Very Not true. just here. Yeah. <laughs> There's no mute button in real life. So it just yeah. comes out most of the time. No way. I love our audience. <laughs> These are amazing questions. And it's Great really questions. fun to be recording this with like the premise that like the people that are supporting us are getting to know us at a deeper level in which what they want to know about us. I really like yeah. this episode. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Would we let a film crew follow us? Hell yeah, would. That shit's funny. My initial reaction is like, <laughs> I would need to lose 40 pounds. And then my answer would be yes. I don't know if I would. No? I don't know. Well, you have a practice, so you'd have right. to be real careful. Well, kind you have fun making zero dollars, Alyssa. Nikki and I would cash that in. <laughs> Hot minute. Oh, Bye. you want to watch me fall down six times? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and say things all wrong? Okay. Yeah, but, follow me. <laughs> but we went hiking today and it was wet and you didn't even fall didn't, one time. didn't even slip and almost break my crotch or anything. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm getting oh. better, guys. <laughs> and you guys went on two hikes today. It's No, she um, went on two hikes. I did not. I went on a, I a went date on hike. Oh, you did? Well, this wasn't an audience question, but now I'm going to make it one. Alyssa, tell us about your hiking date today. (laughs) I have been dating someone a little bit and yeah, this date went very well. I am enjoying connecting with him. I have a question for you because I currently know of two People that you have been dating. Uh-huh. Do you see this person mostly on Thursdays? <laughs> or would this be a newer relationship? This is the person I mostly see on Thursdays. Wow. Okay, yeah. excellent. So yeah. expanding beyond Thursdays, I know, right? Wow. To hiking. <laughs> Today is yeah. a, what day is it? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And cool. we went on a date last night too. Three in yeah. a row? Well, maybe we I see. should have said Alyssa's in a serious relationship also. <laughs> well, you guys. It's not as it's maybe not I as... need to be like polling the audience for dates. Jeez. <laughs> I'm behind yeah. the times over here. <laughs> Bumble it is. Gotta go, guys. Bye. <laughs> Did you meet on Bumble, Alyssa? Tinder. Tinder. Oh, Tinder. You met the person you're currently dating on what site? Bumble. Okay. Bumble and Tinder. Okay. One more question. This is an audience one. Given the circumstances of COVID, we have all had time to self-reflect and keep shit real. Keeping shit real on a podcast can be stressful. What is ground? What is a grounding technique each of you use to stay authentic to your true present self? I mean, I don't know. I hike. I hike, I get grounded, I listen to music, I go to therapy, I have anxiety all the time, (laughs) all the time. (laughs) I talk to Alyssa and then I text all both of you and everyone reels my shit in. Sometimes I cry, sometimes I don't, but I'm not just drinking tequila. I'm fine. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, that was a good loud answer. and clear i yes. like your <laughs> yeah. good answer heidi i don't know how to answer that one i would say like covid has given me a chance to slow down and i'm still just trying to figure out who i am now so in this stillness i have some of these like coping mechanisms but i think the question was something about like being authentic and Right now, I just feel like I'm in a discovery. You know, every day I'm just trying to figure out who I am and who I want to be. Alyssa? Alyssa? 
I think the ways that I stay authentic now are still the same as before COVID and before pre-podcast. I don't know that it's much different in that regard, but I would say, you know, trying to be present and, you know, again, kind of coming back to community, my people, being honest and authentic in those relationships. And yeah, just taking care of myself, hiking and used to be Krav Maga when we could touch people, but... Oh, you're touching people. I haven't Mm -hmm. been able to... Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. (laughs) You cannot. Yeah, I can. You Mm -hmm. cannot. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten to do Krav Maga in a very long time. So we found other ways, thankfully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're terrible. (laughs) I know. You know what else? You know what else I just thought of? Of course, Glennon Doyle's book. Yeah. You, you guys know backwards and forwards, but you know, when she says feel all of it, like, or Enough. feel everything, mm-hmm. she, so I wrote it on a post and I put that next to my bed because I'm just going to feel all the feels, all the things, bad, good, all of it. So that's grounding because you kind of have to stay present in those emotional moments. Yeah. yeah. Something that Glennon says that I, relate to so much is we can do hard things but we can't do easy things mm-hmm. that is like oh look yes I can make it through all this shit get a house work through trauma I can't seem to pull my trash bag out of the <laughs> container without ripping it every fucking time every fucking time so I can do hard things but easy things don't count on me For our last question, an audience member wants to know, how did we tell people why we got divorced? Like on our first dates or what was our experience in telling people why we got divorced when they asked? Because they always ask. Yeah, I'm super curious about that. But before we dig into that question, Nikki and Alyssa, could you just maybe give me a rough estimate of how many people you've kind of had conversations with on these dating apps over the years where this, where this questions even come up. I was just wondering, like, have you had this conversation one time or have you had it 10 times where you had to tell like a almost stranger? (laughs) Yes. Probably probably 30 times. Oh, geez. You guys are hot. Why did I underestimate you guys down to five to 10? (laughs) You're super sexy, super hot. Of course, you've had this conversation 30 or more times. Okay, so really... Not 30. (laughs) Yeah, I love this question. So when when do you disclose? I have... It's gone different ways. Like with some guys, pretty early on, we're having just some pretty honest messaging back and forth before we even go on a date. And so there have been several guys that I've told via messaging that my ex is a transgender woman. One in particular was somewhat comical because this guy was a fairly conservative evangelical Christian. And I was like, are you sure that you want to go on a date with me? And he was like, yeah. I was like, listen, I need you to know, like I'm a feminist, Black Lives Matter. I'm liberal. I'm affirming my ex is a transgender woman. Like I'm needing And you're a understand. recovering Christian. Right. I'm I'm an I I yes, ex-evangelical. Yeah. And so I'm just like, are you sure? And he was like, Yeah. And then he ghosted me. So you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Hello. Um, but yeah, and then it, with other guys, it is like there's like slight satisfaction that I get out of seeing somebody's face change when they, when they tell them. <laughs> I don't know. It's a sick satisfaction, maybe. But just watching these guys, it's almost like, it's almost like research. Like, okay, what kind of, kind of reaction are you going to have? Has now? anyone <laughs> ever thought you were kidding? No. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's too specific to be telling a joke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> My ex is a transgender woman. Isn't that hilarious? Well, I say it very different and it does sound like a joke. (laughs) (laughs) So Alyssa, you say it before you get to the date usually. Sometimes. And then sometimes I say it on the first date. Okay. But never, never made it past a first date without telling somebody. Oh, very, 
on open and honest of you. Okay. That's me. Do you think it would be really rude of me if I didn't bring it up until after we had sex? <laughs> I think it depends. I think it depends on You're what. my favorite person <laughs> I think it depends on the of a connection. If the connection is just for sex, and then you don't have to fucking tell them anything. You know what I mean? Like, except maybe your your STI status uh, would be appropriate. <laughs> but you know, um, other than that, I I don't think that you owe anybody any information. Okay. No, Typically, on the STI status, it's like clean today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you good. have any? Do you have any STDs or STIs? I'm assuming that they're speaking about that day in particular. And if we're clear, we're clear. <laughs> Too much? Lord have no, mercy. it's just right, Heidi. Just right. All right, Nick, what about you? When I first started dating, I felt like I had to tell everyone up front. So I wasn't a liar. But when I first started dating, I think I was thinking I was dating for the long haul. I was trying to find the, the you know, a person. So, and then, you know, after I got ghosted a few times when they said that that didn't bother them, I realized it bothered them. So um, now I answer when I'm asked. Because if that's, if you, that's the thing. Conversations are hard. And when you meet someone, even just messaging at first, and matching energy. And if they're not asking you a lot of questions, that's how the conversation is going to go. I'm not going to answer your question. I'm not going to give you information you didn't ask for. So if you don't ask, I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> but that's just me. That so. was like, that sounds like very much like Nikki. <laughs> that's very much me. For the most part, the ones that I have gone on date with, dates with who already know have been very nice, doesn't bother them. And They always say, it always comes up, well, it's not your fault. You know, it's not anything you did. You know, they're very kind about that. For the most part, with people who are a little on the more liberal side of things, it's okay. I'm not sure for some of the more Southern Nashville natives, if or Southern natives, if that's so okay. It's a weeding out process. You mean it was probably a bad decision that the first person I matched with on my dating app was a (laughs) Baptist pastor (laughs) and I told him and then I never heard from him again. That's probably was. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm learning. Okay. (laughs) Wow. So follow up to the follow up on this. So both of you guys are in relationship ish I'm in a I'm in a situation situationship <laughs> yes with these two particular individuals when did you tell them and how did they respond Alyssa's face I'm trying to think that's funny it's just been a while first date because the conversation was flowing so well and he was very obviously not going to be bothered by it. So I just told him. What are you checking? he wasn't bothered by it. Alyssa's over there checking her app. She wrote it down in her phone. (laughs) I'm just just texting you. (laughs) She's asking you. (laughs) When did I tell you? Probably knows the date. He probably does. Um, I'm going to assume on the first date or before in messaging. Okay. Okay. But it would have been one or the other, but I don't remember. And obviously he... Reacted to that just fine with compassion and kindness. I think that the most like amazing thing about this is like we started this podcast for a lot of reasons, like to talk about trauma, but to help other individuals that may find themselves in our situation or like we're finding from many of the emails that are coming in is that there have been generations of men and women who have come before us who have been hiding in the shadows with this story. And this podcast is really the first time that they've had the opportunity to have a voice in a way for what they've been going through. And so I think what's important to hear is that if this happens to you or has happened happened to, to you, that most of the time you will not be blamed for it. You will not be shamed for it and you will not be rejected 
for it. So date on. I'm going to go now because I have 24 hours that are running out. I'm down to like four and a half to respond to some bumbles. (laughs) (laughs) She is motivated. Yes. But thank you to our amazing audience for these incredible questions. All right. Thanks for listening to the You Asked, We Answered. You just learned a whole lot about us. And we hope you'll stick around for episode two, where we talk with Liz from the Rude Ass Enneagram. Thanks, It's the Trauma podcast is not a substitute for therapy or mental health advice. If you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255. You can also text the word HOME to 741-741 to reach a trained crisis counselor. You're a peach. Thanks, it's the trauma.